Our guest this week grew a solar technology business into a globally known powerhouse. They are now sharing their highs and lows of their entrepreneurial journey in Dr. Kedar Gupta's new book, Carving My Destiny. I'm Matt Mowry, Executive Editor of Business NH Magazine. I'm Christine Kerrigan, Chief Creative Officer for Business New Hampshire Magazine and Granite Media Group. And I'm Nathan Carroll, Chief Growth Officer of Granite Media Group and founder of Cardinal Consulting. And welcome to BizCast NH. I'm so excited to have our discussion today with Renu and, and Kedar Gupta. But before we do, I'm inspired, you know, because oh. this is like oh. a business book and memoir all mm, in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. My, my, my ask of the two of you, if you're writing Uh-oh. a memoir, what would the title be? Oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> uh, it's either going to be called Circuitous Route oh. or... The longest distance between two points. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What about you, Christine? Uh, so um, I've given this some thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've come up with multiple different topic or different titles. Um, I, I've thought about it so many different ways. So that made me realize that my book should be called Overthinker. <laughs> <laughs> because oh I came up with multiple titles and reasons why, and then I would change my mind. So yeah, I think Overthinker is <laughs> is my memoir title. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just insert an, an editor's note, and you could call instead of Overthinker, you could call it Strategic Planner. I like it. That'll be the subhead. <laughs> Overthinker, Strategic Planner. Exactly. Yes, Matt. Oh, that's easy. How did I get here? It just seems to be my question every time I get to any place in my career. How did I get here? Talking heads. <laughs> Destiny. Well, I think uh, that is a good jumping yeah, off I point say, I to uh, talk to our guest today and ask also about the title of his own book, Carving yeah. My Destiny. See, we get to actually hear a real story about somebody who actually wrote the book. So, so our let's guests, tear up for Nathan. Yeah, our guests this week are Renu and Kedar Gupta. This husband and wife duo has started several companies, including GT Equipment, a photovoltaic technology company that grew into GT Solar. The extraordinary growth of the company led to its IPO in July of 2008. Kedar and Renu co-founded another company, ARC Energy, to improve the technology of large diameter sapphire crystals used in LED applications. We'll get into that. In 2013, they set up a family-run investment arm called RKS Ventures. Their investments range from being LP in the engine at MIT, Techstars, Project 11, and OneWay Venture. From the very beginning, Renu Gupta played many critical roles in the growth of these companies. She handled the banking issues, facilities, fundraising, and providing numerous other help a startup requires with its limited resources. Rainer also supported the management team when Kadar was on overseas trips for weeks at a time. Kadar received his master's and PhD degrees in material science and engineering from the State University of New York, Stony Brook. Renu has a degree in accounting from Lindenwood Colleges of St. Charles, Missouri. Both Kedar and Renu have been very active in various philanthropic activities, both in the U.S. and in India, and are involved in various programs to help young children with educational and other needs. And Kedar recently wrote a book about his career. Kedar and Renu, it is a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Welcome, Thank welcome. You. You're quite welcome. Thank you. um, 
what <laughs> obviously and of course we're going to find out and dig more into your careers and the stories storied careers that you've had um but let's start with a sort of a basic but important place. How did this all start? The roots of it. Um, as I understand, you grew up in India. So let's take it from there. What was it like growing up there and then coming here and doing so well? So while growing up in India, I never even thought there is uh, a place called USA and I have to go there. Uh, but I went through my educational system and I found my father was my main trainer, a teacher, and he will ask me all kinds of tough questions in the evening about the about my schooling and all kinds of things. And I didn't like my school because when I'll go there, I'll get bored and I'll run away from there. Huh. And one day when I ran away, came home, my uncle, we, we lived in a big house, uh, the joint family, and my uncle saw me and he really got upset at me. And I ran just like... Uh, the movie uh, Forrest Gump, oh. <laughs> you know, as he runs, you know, with all his <laughs> handicap. And I'm running and the school was almost half a mile to a three-quarter mile. I reached there, I'm huffing and puffing. And from there on, I never, ever went back mm. uh, in the middle of the class or whatever. But I learned something there. Mm-hmm. I can stay there and sleep and nobody will know because <laughs> I did I did well. And... Uh, uh, slowly the things progressed and I I was very young. I was the youngest kid in the class and that was a handicap also because I had to uh, sit right in the front seat and my teachers will always throw chalks at me. Why are you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> but I did well in the, in the school Good. and slowly I Good. went through and eventually when I reached to my uh, 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 mat- matriculation, I finished my high school and then again, I was very young, so a lot of schools in India, they had, a, they had a, a, a restrictions for what age limit you could come. And I ended up being in a five-year school rather than four-year called IIT Kanpur. And that also turned out to be the most American-added school. Uh, highest. It, it almost ranks now even higher than MIT and Princeton and other schools and uh, Stanford. Uh, but at that time, I didn't know anything about them. So I decided to come here with my schooling from there and I got a full board from State University of New York, Stony Brook. So uh, those days, the Indian government will give $8 to carry. That's it. That's all you had. So you came wow. to the United States. So with $8 I came to United States with a bag of my clothes, you know, uh-huh. and a, just a small suitcase and eight dollars in my pocket. Oh my goodness! And this is the first time I'm coming out of the country, and uh, I come to France and I see the airport and they are all hustling, bustling, and you know all the lights and everything mm. going on. So I looked around for eight dollars. What could you buy? I had on the suitcase the eight dollars and my paperwork. And so I finally uh, find a chocolate place. Look, <laughs> I see this Cadbury chocolate. Mm-hmm. I ended up liking it, but I didn't realize when I bought the chocolate, my net worth dropped 30 to 40 percent. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And my reasoning was very simple. If I could reach to New York um, and or JFK Airport, with $5, $8 or $5, they're not going to make any difference. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well enjoy the chocolate. Right? And I did enjoy the chocolate. Yeah, because my parents used to bring it 
and cut it up in a small pieces and give one to me. And so I wanted to break that barrier. I love it. And, and Renu, what was your journey? Well, uh, so my journey started when I met him. I had no intention to come to this country. And we had arranged marriage, but we met. And sometimes people think arranged marriage, you don't have a say, but you do have a say. I was oh, young. So I went, met him. He promised me, oh, we'll just go to USA for two years and we'll come back. <laughs> so I said, uh, I don't want to go, but okay, two years is not so bad. So I agree we got married and I still haven't seen that two year. I was going to say, you're well past those two yeah. years. That was a while in, ago. In, in my defense, uh-huh. my watch broke. <laughs> <laughs> and, Did and, your calendar break and, too? And, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I still don't know whether it is two years or more than two years, but I'm waiting one day it will alarm and tell me, Kedar, it is time to. In the beginning, I really believed we'll go back in two years. So yeah. anything I'll buy, any electronics, or I'll buy dual volt. In India, it's 220, right? So I say, okay, I should buy this 110, 220, which we used to get that those days, and thinking I'll go back one day. But uh, I have no regrets. I don't. I'm very happy, and we go. My whole family is there, his family there. So we visit them almost every year or every other year. And uh, my kids are born here, education. Now I have grandkids. So it worked out well. well, (laughs) So after you graduate from school here, um, and you were faced with a choice, right? You could have chosen to go back to India or to establish your, your career in life here. So what, what did that choice look like? So there, is a, there was a big uh, difference between India and America. The U.S. is one of the top nations in the world, the technology and the one which I was really excited about it and wanted to do something on top of the world. And, and one of the things I found very quickly was uh, there are opportunities here. If you're a hard worker and you're well-educated, even in those days, and these days it is, it is worse because the American kids are not studying that hard. But even in those days, there was always room at the top. There was always more room at the top. And that is what I realized. And that fascinated me. And my other fascination was, like I told you, my father was, and I worked in his business part-time, So I started feeling that why I'm here, I'm here to solve my customer's pinch points. Mm. And he one day told me that, Kedar, with one pair of hands, you are one pair of hands. But if you had 200 people, there are 201 pair of hands. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted to do something like my own. And when I married Renu, that got reinforced because her parents were in the similar kind of situation. So we, Renu and I, and it is in one of the areas in the book, it says, we truly became two peas in a pod when it came to finding our destiny. And I'll explain you a little bit why the book is titled that way. Uh, It has a purpose, and I will explain that sometime. All right. Well, I think as we go along, we will have that opportunity to, to look at that. So what was the field you, you were looking to get into and where, where did the opportunity present so itself? So I worked for a company called Monsanto. Mm-hmm. 
everybody knows Monsanto yes. all over the world. I was in their R&D group and I was related to improving materials for mankind. How do you bring better materials? So the whole electronics was just coming up. The semiconductor was right there. And my one of my critical work was in the semiconductor area in making good crystals. And they were having problems solving it. And I was just hired a month ago. And I sneaked into and did the work my boss was doing and having <laughs> problems. And I, when I made it, I couldn't believe myself. I left it, my boss's boss's desk oh, wow. for evaluation. <laughs> and that was the first blunder of my life I did. <laughs> <laughs> but that also helped me, you know, Monsanto immediately recognized what I have developed. And it only, and that time we were just married. So when I will call Renu something just to chit and says, did you get a raise? I said, sure, how did you know? I, mean, I became really, uh, you know, the success uh, feeds in itself. Mm. So once you have seen the world recognizes your work, it gives you more um, strength to do more work. But we never ever forgot that we have to, end of the day, we have to have our own company. Mm. So I'll let you guys go forward and then we'll cover our journey. So... Let's talk about how you ended up here in New Hampshire and the company you worked for that ended up being then you considering taking the next step to that company ownership. So let's sure. start there. So so let's let's just, just start from where I finished. So I worked for Monsanto. It is a big company, a $12 billion company even in those days. And I could not find that I will get a chance to start my own company. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult because the, all these days, the software guys, a 19-year-old guy will be billionaire faster than a 35-year-old guy. And th- those situations were not there. It was all product-oriented companies. So very difficult. So I ended up leaving them, even though I was doing so well, to a smaller company in Cincinnati. They knew and I we went there, we looked at it. Now I was not a research guy, I was a manager, you know. So I was moving up in the area of learning new things. So there I had bought a machine from a company, local company called Ferrofluidics. I don't know whether you guys remember that not. It I remember raised. them on our cover and you yeah, being you, on our cover, yes, yes. Yes, we were there, right? So Ferrofluidics, uh, uh, they supplied us the equipment. They are supplying to Japanese and all the places. And then they... Uh, and what, uh, does, what, what did Ferrofluidics do? The Ferrofluidics used to make equipment, which I used that to make silicon crystals for semiconductor industry. So now I came in here, I was mad at the CEO, and he looks at, he looks at me and he says, why are you complaining? Just come and change it around. Uh-huh. So he, he told you the customer, like, oh, if you're all upset, come on in. Come on, come on in. <laughs> you know, turn the division around. It was a two divisions. I was, and that is being closer to starting your own company. So we said, okay. So I accepted his offer. My problem was Renu. She doesn't like the snow. <laughs> she How, doesn't like the snow, you said. Snow, <laughs> and that is especially free snow. You know, and she says, Kedar, I'm not going to go there to New England from Cincinnati, but it's still a warmer place. <laughs> but I, I enticed her that if kids 
grow up and become you know go to college some of the best colleges are here mm-hmm. mit harvard brown and all those things and she fell for it wow. <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting to sense a pattern of conning going on here <laughs> i i cannot be more grateful to her than <laughs> that you can say your piece no i'm fine go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up here And so first day I come and join and this is so interesting I still remember today in my life I I came to from the hotel I in tie and all kinds of thing I go to the company I had already visited them and I counted there are 33 employees in my division and now I have to turn it around and make it big when I come here I see only 20 employees and everything was quiet so I asked my uh, admin Kate what are the people He says, what people? I said, where is the business? He said, what business? I said, we are getting supposed to get $10 million order from Japanese. He says, it didn't come. So what is the backlog? Big fat zero. Oh. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is 8.30 in the morning. My first job, I'm so excited. And my whole stomach is going upside down, needs alka-salja or whatever you call it. Welcome to your first day. You don't have the staff you thought you had and we have no backlog. No, no good luck. <laughs> so I'm waiting for, I went to my CEO, asked him, he didn't give me a good answer. So I'm waiting for my boss at five o'clock when I call her, can you convince me to come back? Because they would have taken me, you know, I was, I was a good guy, you know, and I had done a good job at Cincinnati Millican also. So I called Renu. I said, Renu, I made the biggest blunder of my life. He said, what did he do? I said, coming over here. No backlog. I already employees are half in number and the, this place is deserted. She said, so what are you complaining? If you have no backlog, you don't have any other place to go down, right? You can always go up. And you wanted to start your company. So why are you hesitating? Stick to it. I said that. I was looking for some some sympathy from this person. I think you you gave him the kick in the butt he needed though, right? Right. right. Pretty sound, you know, pretty basic uh, and sound advice. Meanwhile, we had sold the house. The ki- everything was packed and mover were coming. So I said, well, we're in it. Let's uh-huh. <laughs> go for it. You know where to go now. <laughs> you got me here for two years and yeah. we'll put quotation marks around that because we know it came. But uh and and What was that like for you though to be on the receiving end of that phone call? And uh, and what what made you put the advice to him that you did? Well, I saw his from inside and we both like wanted to start a company. And this was like his division. He you know, what worse can happen, right? So, if we'll find another job. We were young, right? So I don't I mean It was very hard for me because I had very good friends. You know, my kids were young. I really didn't want to move. But I said, okay, let's give it a shot. We're still young. If it doesn't work out, we can find another job. So, and here we didn't know anybody. It was, uh, you know, difficult. And especially, I'm not from this country, so it was hard for me to make friends and stuff. But we said, okay, we can do it. And he was very excited. I saw his, you can still see excitement in him. So I said, we'll do it. So I supported him and uh, we were here. <laughs> and so what then led you to jump from Fairfluidics where you were basically in charge of a division and kind of growing your company within a company? What then made you take the leap 
that you did to start your own so, company? So the first complaint I have, Renu did not tell me the truth. Uh-oh. Just well, had, to be fair, uh-huh. you were having a problem with that too. Yeah. <laughs> to, thank you for to, that. To, to have a zero backlog, there is not only one way to go up. It could go down. And it did go down. It went down so bad, we, we became seven people because I had to lay off most of the people. There was no business. The customers were unhappy. We had to turn around. And my boss very quickly deserted me. You know, he said, hey, your division is not making money. What are you good for? We almost were shutting down. Yeah, we're shutting down. And then, uh, you know, it's just uh, like like being nobody, nobody wants to talk to you in a company. The other part of the company was doing well. And I found myself in a very difficult situation for no raises. So the only thing I knew is to become a businessman. So I went to all over the world, whatever money we had, and started talking to the customer. It was a global business. Mm-hmm. So I ended up getting a customer in Belgium, MHO. I still cannot be more grateful to them. They trusted in me, gave me an order for $500,000. Wow. We needed some business to get rid of pay people, you know. And so uh, we did that. The second one, I went to India. I got some business there. The, the place then slowly started building the company, one by one, one small order at a time, not getting paid enough salary or days, who cares? But I had to get my people's mindset because everybody was thinking tomorrow they will be leaving because this company will close. So I asked all of them a very honest question. Whom do you guys work for? Because that I have learned in the process when Renu was telling me, you went there to start your company, right? Why are you backing off? So I, the answer, six people answered, I work for my wife, I work for my family, do I work for my customer, do I work for just being employed? And I said, fine, but if ferrofluidics does not back us up, if the customers don't give us the order, whom do you work for now? Tell me. Mm. And everybody said, customer, 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 and customer. And I'm, I was, I'm so proud of that day. And I said, I'm not going to leave this ship. I'm going to turn this ship around. And that's what we did. We got order from Japan. We got order from India. We got order from other places. And that is what brought the title of this book. Because one of the guys, he came over here, guy from India, he's a very successful entrepreneur. And he comes to me and he says, if, he, if I give you $100,000 right now, would you leave your job and work for me? And start your own company, or start your own company. I says, why would you hire me? You don't even know me. You talk to me for 15, 20 minutes. You gave me an order. Why would you um, ask me to leave my job? And he says, because I see the same twinkle, twinkles in your eyes as I had when I started my own company. And he says, there are two ways to live life, Kedar. One is you work for somebody, you grow in the organizations, or you follow a crowd and you go only where the organization goes at the crowd. 
but if you carve your own destiny if you make your own life with all the problems you have to go on the over the mountains under the water you may drown nobody will know but end of the day with some luck when you reach some place and you look back he says god damn it i would have never been here if i hadn't done my own and that's what i started doing in ferrofluidics i turned them around in 3 4 years we had the largest backlog of any of my competitors i was fifth in the competition tally from japanese american and other company a european company and we became number 1 wow and that was the time i said it is worth believing in yourself it is worth carving what you are trying to do it is worth creating your destiny and truthfully we all kisneen you matt you sir all of us are doing the same thing what the book is written the only credit i'm getting from you is because there is a book which says the title carving my destiny and it has my name somewhere Very powerful. What a story. Yeah, oh, I was I man. was like I have nothing to say. I'm just mesmerized by your story. So <laughs> It's uh, Thank you for that. I got some chills there. Yes. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Do you wish you had a crystal ball to see what 2024 has in store for your industry? Join Business NH Magazine and leaders from 11 industry sectors at New Hampshire Futurecast 2024 to hear what the new year has in store. Join us on January 25th at the Dairy Field in Manchester. Find out more at businessnhmagazine.com/events. So you and indeed you did go on to carve your own destiny because after turning helping, you know, turning around Fair Fluidics, making it this very successful company, you decided it was time to fulfill that destiny that you had been working towards and start a company. And boy, did you start a company! Can you talk about the the, the company you started? Absolutely. So you, the, you should yeah, tell ahead, them you, how you. how much time he had. Yeah. And so and he went to his boss. So say, I want to start my own company, and there was one product that they didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. They were just saying, "Oh, we're not going to take this order. It's too small." So he thought, "Oh, maybe I can get that and do it my own." and that was the solar so before rain when i used to look for what can we do which we will call our own would it be a dunkin donut place would it be a whatever pizza whatever but that did not fit with our passion we did not want it to be one of a kind we wanted to be the kind you know the guptas the this thing you know that that was always in our mind to not put a limit where we could go to right and that helped so the story renu brought it is was very interesting my boss asked me that i am uh, you know you are doing so well can i make you head of this and that i said no i have made a commitment and even today i think the same way i have made a commitment to my customer and that is the only thing in my life matters and when i you know and i believed in it all the time well, how do i take out the pinch point of my customer so i went go there on friday renu had some inkling i want to start it was the 
you know, the co- co-captain of that ship. So I went to him and I said, you're not running that product, which Renu said. Can I take it and start my own company? And you know what his answer was? Can you sign in five seconds and resign here? And I said, why would it take five seconds to resign? You know, it takes a few seconds. And he says, but are you taking anybody? I said, one guy named John Tal- Jonathan Talbert. And uh, him, and I've talked to him that, hey, if I start a company, you and I have the right kind of... So he says, no, hold on. So he calls John, he puts me in his lobby, calls John, he says, your salary is double, you got all the options, now you're a rich guy. And John, I am still grateful to him, he says, kid, um, you know, his name CEO, no, no deal. I believe in Kedar, I want to work with him, and I'm with him, sorry, Renu. Uh, <laughs> and so we became one. But the most interesting part was nobody knew that we are now fired. We are unemployed. It's a Friday morning, 8.30th, first thing in the morning. So the next best thing we could do is, since we didn't know what to do, is tell our wives. So how do you tell your wife <laughs> 8.30 in the morning, 9 o'clock? <laughs> hey, hey, we are unemployed. What do we do? Where we go? So we went to downtown and we bought flowers. I didn't look in a... <laughs> in a Mexic, Mexican base, you know, the flowers, identical. And we call them to have lunch with us. So they come out there to Nassau. There was the, uh, what is the name? Coyote. Coyote restaurant used to be there in downtown. So we come there, they look at, they look at the flowers in the parking lot of the TD Bank, you know. And they said... What? Who gives flowers at this? You guys have done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yep. they weren't full. <laughs> so we said, look, we are unemployed. We, we just didn't want you guys to, you know. So finally, they, they understood it and they supported us. And that day, we went back to Ferrofluidics, negotiated the deal with them. You know, what will be ours, what will be theirs. And, we, and I called a customer. Even before the company's name, I called a customer in that area with ferrofluidics and that person. I says, you know, John, this is the problem. He says, what a problem. Here is the order and here is the $220,000. Deposit. Deposit, advanced deposit for the order. On Monday, we have a name of a company. We had our two spouses, both our spouses supporting us. We had name of a company because the lady in New Hampshire, any name we'll tell her for the company says it is taken. Finally says, oh, no. what, what is your name? <laughs> Gupta, what is your name? Talbot. That became GT Technology. Uh-huh. To this day, people don't know how the name was originated. And while we want to still get into some of the details of some of the stories in the book, let's give the readers... Uh, sorry, you can tell I'm an editor, our listeners, uh, an idea of what that company grew into eventually. Where did you take GT Solar? So we put in uh, $1,000 because it is a critical number, somewhere $5 and then $1,000. I gave $550. John gave uh, uh, $450. And the customer gave $220,000 as a deposit. And we asked our spouses if they want to work for us. 
Of course, with no money. <laughs> oh, what a deal. So what volunteer. Deal. <laughs> you, you can fill in here. Yeah. And we started uh, in uh, some some place, investment of my uh, house, and he started it. And that we grew to a multi-billion dollars IPO in July, in July 2008. Just uh, 10 days before the meltdown. Good time Ten to get great, <laughs> great. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. Ten days before. And um, I do want to go back just a little bit because there there is a theme to how he ropes you into things. So originally it was, oh, we'll, we'll be in the U.S. for two years and then go back to India. Then he asks you to come and work at GT Solar. And you're having a thriving real estate career yes. at this point, yes. right? I used to work for uh, Century 21, which became Prudential. And my bo- my broker was Ron Boyce, and I said, "Oh, can I just take two months off and to work, help. help him?" And he said, "No, Reno, you're not coming back." I said, "No, no, no, I'll I'll be back. Just two months." And what did two months turn into? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess Ron was right. I did, never went back. I had two young kids, and he always travel international. Like he was gone week at a time here, so real estate. At that time, was very good. I could, you know, work and not work my own hours. Mm-hmm. But uh, when he's traveling and with the kids, I had to balance everything. So I could not go back doing real estate and this. So I had to stop real estate and just devote my time to the company. But the most interesting story was Renu soon became a very critical part from day one as a owner. Yes. But she became the she was the glue of keeping all the people together, and that really helped me out because when I'm anywhere else, I know that you know there are good people. John was a great guy from technical point of view. Renu pissed in, but the interesting story was how when somebody will ask her. Oh, when employee, we have so many employee, right? So I, I always like to be in a quiet. I try not to go in the front office. My friend used to wonder, how do you guys work together? I'm like, I never see him. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one employee said, oh, your last name is Gupta. Do you know Kedar Gupta? I'm like, Kedar Gupta, who Kedar Gupta? She's good, she's smart. I mean, oh, uh, but uh, no, I enjoyed it. Well, obviously, a very successful partnership in life, in business. Um, and there's a chapter in the book that I feel kind of epitomizes that. And I wonder if you can t- tell the story. Because, I mean, ultimately, you had all this success with the company. But obviously, success doesn't come without hard times, especially when you're growing a company like that. And there's a chapter where you talk about things got really bad at one point, And you found yourself at odds with the bank. And I think it just talks about not only your own drive, but also how you had each other's back. Can you tell the story of what was going on at GT Solar with the bank and and, and how the two of you dealt with that? Uh, Matt, you brought me to a point where I always get goosebumps. I tell you, there are a lot of time and... I'm not trying to promote the book, but I think for most entrepreneurs, it has a lot of little things 
to go to. And that happened um, uh, with us when uh, we had a building made with $5 million loan from Fleet. Uh, we had a huge line of credit from XM Bank where our customer will give us the order. We will support them with that back, that uh, letter line of credits, standby letter of credit from XM Bank. So we worked. I mean, the people will say, how can you have a multi-billion dollars outlet from a $1,000? People were behind us. People, our customers trusted us more than anything. And I will never, ever betray their faith. And that was the glue. But the story you are saying, Fleet Bank was being bought by Bank of America. And just before that, we had built the most beautiful building in Merrimack for GT equipment. And Renu was also part of that. We have celebrated. 600 people showed up on November 15, 2002 just to come and see Kedar Gupta and his team and John Talbot and Renu and all those things. It was a proud day for us. We used to look at the cloud and say the sky is not high enough. Yeah, but We're, to get back to the and question. I'm so within six months of that, two things happened. One is SARS in China and the German election, which was advocating the solar was delayed. That put us a little bit in trouble and our bank took the advice from the Bank of America which was buying them, put us on a workout which is cutting all our bloodline which is no cash, no nothing, they called our loan. And we went through, we went through, I think if you say hell, people understand it is a pretty good place or it is a pretty bad place, depending upon which one. I don't think even hell is not as bad as I went to mm. through the bank. Yeah. Yeah. This Tough happened time. just like 10 days before our or maybe um, two weeks before our daughter's wedding. And the bank, like, no, uh, we have to close the bank. You know, we had no credit line. We can't ship anything. I still remember... And the, because of SAR, our order got delayed and we couldn't ship the product. I still remember I had to call the vendor. Can, I can't pay you. I pay you installment payment, but can you ship the part anyway, right? So, so it two was weeks before very tough. one of the happiest milestones for your family, all of a sudden you found this legacy, yeah. this, well, what you've been building on the line. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not only that, our we had few investors, right? Yes. So even they were like after, like okay, if we shut down or we, if we put some money, they were taking the almost full ownership. We would were left left with very little. And I think that says in the book that they made they ask there was some clause where we they put money, we have to put certain amount and they were in the big boardroom. They had a meeting. I, I used to stay outside of all that. But so they let him said, okay, you become a CTO. We take over the company. You put 200000 And I had to sign something. So I said, oh. So when I saw him, I'm like, what happened over there? I said, oh, I'm now not a CEO. And the company almost is being taken over by investors. And bank is giving this, already giving hard time. 
and we have to put 200,000. I'm like, so why do I put 200,000? I know if you're losing all this. So I didn't sign the document. And, and what did you do when you win that border? I don't know where I so got hurt. So I remember a little bit better because... <laughs> because it's, it's in the it's, book. It's, it's still there. So the, the, so the investors were putting money in with the, with the real clear uh, decision that they will take over. So I got demoted. I had to save the company. I don't know whether you guys have ever seen a movie called Save the Tiger. The owner does all kinds of things in desperate. So I signed it. Okay, I'll be CTO. We gave up most of our company. Very small. We would have never been anywhere near what we did. And then Renu has to sign it. And Renu goes there. And I'm, I'm waiting for that. She will sign. And rather than signing... She tells him, do you know how much money my husband had when he came to this country? And that news is everybody knew, $5. He says, you know what I did with my $5? One of my, my daughter is, went to MIT, went to Stanford, and she's a doctor. And my son is applying for MIT. Don't you think I got my money's worth? And after that, something totally I did not expect. She looks at me, Kedar, get rid of these guys. They are not for the company, they are for the Well, I didn't say it that loud. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. Then we went today. Well, and she okay. walked out. I just didn't sign. And then... Uh, so everything was set. The and company the bank was, was ready, to be. ready to put a lock. I said, okay. On the so, same day, And he kept away. saying, okay, can you just wait? Let my daughter get married. Then you can lock the door and we'll go home. And that is where Fred came... Yeah. To help us, but yeah. And then um, he got the call from a customer, which we are very obliged. And uh, uh, while I'm getting ready, Indian wedding, I don't know if you attended. They're like one week affair, but we tried to cut it down three days. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's had to go to Korea, no, Taiwan. Taiwan, Taiwan. And that is the customer who trusted us. I feel like the bank didn't trust us, our investor. Nobody gave us the fund, but the customer gave the order plus 500, I know, five million. Five million, sorry. No attachment of any. No standby LC because we didn't have a way to do it. And he was very honest. Look, I can't open the standby LC, but he still trusted us. And that nobody believed when he came back that he got the order, he got the money because our everybody was thinking, oh, we are going to close in a week and everything will be shut down. Instead, so you went that on for a brought us IPO. lifeline. That's amazing. That I know. I'm, it's so, well, it, there's a lot of story we can talk about. It's, <laughs> and go over your time. So many of them are on the book, <laughs> Carving My Destiny, which is available on Amazon uh, for people to order. So you went on to have, you know, obviously a successful IPO with this company. You went on to start ARC um, and then to be philanthropist. Can you talk about what that next story career was like? What was it like to achieve the dream? And then you kind of, most people would be like, I'm riding off to the sunset, but you're, you're a restless soul. So why this third and fourth chapters? So I still don't 
understand why people accuse me being a restless soul. <laughs> <laughs> He just cannot retire. <laughs> you really did a lot of things except yeah. retirement. <laughs> I don't like retirement. <laughs> but uh, but we both are. I mean, I blame Renu as much as I blame myself. We cannot sit distant still. And there are a lot of things to do in the world. There are a lot of people who I wish had better fortune, better way of able to take care of, and they are not. So when I, after, uh, you know, the arc energy when I started, that was because I had just done the IPO. We got lucky also in terms of how we benefited. And it was something I thought one time nobody will believe that something could be done. But if you do one more time, maybe they will start believing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the origin of Arc Energy. We looked around all over. What is the next technology which can change the world? And that was the LED mm-hmm. material. Mm-hmm. And But we did not know that we will be even noticed by the White House. Yeah, that Obama came to visit. Obama came to find what we are doing. President Obama. Sorry, President Obama came to what we are doing so that he was, he was giving an economic speech in Nashua, New Hampshire. And he called local companies, whom should I go and visit? And eight out of ten, this is hearsay again, I don't have any way, uh, places our name was recommended. And we are very grateful for that. And he came and he was, it was, it was a great journey again one more time. But then after that company, we started looking at we need to do. And we are doing some. So now Renu has taken full-fledged. We are what? Seven, eight? Philanthropic. Nine. Philanthropic. Plus, uh, you like to, we do startups. We feel like what we went through, we have soft heart for those CEO. So if we like the CEO, we invest a small amount. So we have an angel that's Arcase Venture where we invest in startups. And hopefully, once you, I still remember one person, I don't want to give the name, but uh, he, nobody will give the seed money because so anybody who's raising the fund has to raise first money. Once somebody writes one check, everybody starts believing in you, right? So we wrote the first check and a month later or two months later, he got that he raised a million dollar and he was very grateful for the first check he got from us. And he's doing really well. So we we'll, we like doing some stuff like that. So you continue to see the economy. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Nice. So nice. what prompted the book then? Oh. So uh, our daughter. Uh, uh, our daughter. Our, our daughter wanted um, to, uh, us to write our journey. What happened? Especially mm. for mm-hmm. the grandkids. I said, okay, you don't want to write. We're not a writer. He's not, you know, we ran company, right? So it's just that. Here's a blank 10-page book. Write something. And he <laughs> kept trying to convince. If not, for nobody, how would they know? We are the first generation came to this country. How would the kids know what happened or whatever? So he started there. And then it grew. And then he got into it. And, and so quite the pandemic project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's so much that we could get into. Yeah. Unfortunately, our time yeah. is up. But thank you so much for joining us today. It's been thank such you. a pleasure. Um, so folks can find the book on Amazon. Yes. Ooh. 
Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so they'll hear uh, this episode uh, closer to the end of the year. That'll be available on Amazon. Carving My Destiny, Dr. Kedar Gupta, and his lovely wife, Renu. It's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you to hear about your story uh, from $8 to $5 to making a difference here in the community. So thank you so much. It's thank been you. wonderful. Thank, thank you. you so much, guys, really. You guys made us uh, remember our old days. <laughs> Excellent. That's what it's all about, conversation with friends, like we always say. So thanks again for being with us. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed the stories and information you heard on today's podcast, find more by subscribing to Business NH Magazine or visiting businessnhmagazine.com. I'm Matt Mowry. And I'm Christine Kerrigan. BizCast NH is a production of Granite Media Group. Mm-hmm.